morning, Mechanicsville. How you doing this morning? This is Don Curtis. And this is another day, a brand new day, a fresh day, a day you and I have never had before. But God has made it possible for you and I to have this day, a day for us to rejoice and to be exceedingly glad. And I tell you, I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had an opportunity to just enjoy some friendship, some fellowship. I tell you, the Lord is good. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, San Jose, California. Thank God for those that listen to us this morning. Indianapolis, Indiana, good morning to you. Our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., good morning to you as well. Waldorf, Maryland, That's where we meet together is Christ Church. Good morning to you. Centerville, Maryland, good morning to you as well. Flagler Beach in Florida, good morning to you. Graysonville, Maryland, good morning to you. Our listeners in United Kingdom in London, Wigan Allen, good morning to you. Ashburn, Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia. We just give God thanks and praise for you this morning. Good morning. When I felt so on alone, when I needed you, Jesus, all I had to do was call. Yes, good morning to those that are listening to us in Texas and Florida, yeah, North Carolina and Wisconsin, Georgia. But when I got up off my knees, Jesus, everything was morning, Minnesota and South Carolina, West Virginia. Good morning to you, Oregon. Redmond in Washington. Good morning to you. Wilmington, Delaware. Good morning to you. Connecticut. Good morning to you. New Jersey. Good morning to you. New York. Good morning to you.
doesn't change up on us at all. He's not one way one day and another way a different day, but you can always uh, rest in him and count on him to be exactly who he said he was. And I'm just so excited and ecstatic again about uh, just the opportunity that God has afforded to you and to me for us to be able to understand more and more about who Christ is. Yes, yes, he invites us, and we've been mentioning this uh, time and time again, that we're responding to his invitation. He invites us, whosoever will, to come to him and to learn of him. And we are discovering some mind-blowing, radical things about Christ, and we thank God for him and all of what he represents. I tell you, he is just something else. And we're in that time of year uh, where there is uh, great anticipation as we are remembering uh, his death on the cross for you and for me. Yes, his burial and his resurrection that just changes all of history. Uh, yes, B.C. and A.D. <laughs> yes, and so uh, we're just uh, just so fortunate to be able to have time to be able to uh, uh, grow and understand about who Christ is. And and <laughs> he doesn't fit in anybody's normal box and whatnot. Uh, he is just outside the box and uh we're just so excited about this remember his first encounter was with a woman at a well samaritan woman and he broke all the norms all the traditions at that point in time because jews were not having any dealings with the samaritans whatsoever Uh, but he had to go to samaria there was of a necessity that was laid upon him he had to go there and he had to encounter this woman at the well, Jacob's well, and you and I you and I we, we know that story and he had that encounter with her and uh it's amazing that uh the first things that we uh see about him, read about him, uh, uh individual encounters. They're they're not uh grandstanding at all, they're not huge crowds at all. You know, his the first encounter we see about him in the Gospel of John is at a wedding feast and uh he was invited along with his disciples and uh he the miraculous thing that happens there changing water into wine uh no one knew what was going on except for the disciples that went and filled up those water jugs they knew that something had happened and then uh when he met the woman at the well uh, it was just an encounter with her and he shared some tremendous truths with her that we had been considering ourselves afterwards we didn't share the the rest of that story but she was so overwhelmed by what uh, she had learned that she went back to town and said come here man that told me everything about myself and they came uh, you know the whole town pretty much came to hear what jesus had to say and there isn't recorded all of what he spoke about but uh, they came to the conclusion that, look we've heard him now for ourselves you know, they had some belief in what the woman had said, but now they had heard him directly themselves. And and so we had that encounter. And now we see him encountering another man again, a, a man with no name. We don't know who he is, uh, but we just see how God is just so interested in you and me as just individual persons. That this great news about Jesus Christ, this is God's news it concerns you as an individual person. It concerns me as an individual person. 
And at the same time, it concerns the whole wide world because he loves the whole wide world. There's nobody who is on the outside of God's love whatsoever. No human person is outside of God's love for them. Now, we may not see it. We may not understand it. Uh, but that does not mean that God's love is not present. It just means that we can't see it. We can't experience it. But it's there. But I'm so excited about the fact that God takes time with individuals. He takes time with you. He takes time with me. And and we're in John chapter 5. And uh, we're down there to this place of verse 5 where it says a certain man was there. And uh, which had an infirmity 38 years. This guy had been sick for quite some time. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case. Jesus knew that he had been sick for quite some time. He walks up to the guy and he asks him a question. He said, uh, will you be made whole? You want to be made well again? And the impotent man, the man that had no strength, no power at all, answered him and said, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I'm coming another step down before me, he gives an excuse for why he hasn't been able to get into that pool. But, you know, he is saying pretty much, yes, I do want to be made whole. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm attempting to get into this pool, but I'm being beaten out every time. So his answer to Jesus, yes, I really do want to be made whole. And Jesus just says to him, arise, take up your bed and walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had never heard that before. Nobody ever told him that before. Nobody ever knew that was even possible before. But again, we have this <laughs> radical person, Christ himself, who uh, now was interacting with persons individually. And I'm just so blown away by the fact that God is just so touched with where you are. He's so touched with where I am. He knows about you and he knows about me. And he asks, you know, you want to be made whole? He tells him, arise and take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. There was no long process. There was no uh, warfare at all. But uh, immediately, right then and there, as soon as he spoke that word to him, there was just so much power in his speaking, he wasn't relying on the man having enough faith to believe. He wasn't relying on the man at all. In fact, the Bible says he was impotent. He had no strength, no power at all, meaning he didn't have the power really to rise up. He didn't have the power to pick up his bed. He didn't have power to walk. That's why he'd been laying there by the pool. That's why he was looking for somebody else to pick him up and to take him into the pool. He didn't have strength to get up and to walk into the pool. And and Jesus says to him, he tells him to do something that is contrary to his ability. He's not able to do that. But there is something about the, the word of God. There's something about when Jesus speaks. Mm-hmm. There's something about him that sets him aside from everybody else. And he tells this man to do the impossible, to rise up. He doesn't have the power to rise up, but he tells him to rise up anyway. He doesn't have the power to pick up his bed, but Jesus tells him to pick up his bed anyway. He doesn't have the power to walk, but Jesus tells him to, to walk anyway. 
And later on, he'll tell him, go and sin no more. And he doesn't have the power to go and not do that any longer either. But Jesus, he meets us and he speaks to us things that are impossible for us. But guess what? They are possible for him. And so this man immediately, uh, he was made whole. The words of Christ brought life to him and he took up his bed, something he couldn't do before. But now after the speaking of Christ, uh, he was able to, and not only able to, but actually took up his bed and walked. (laughs) Yeah, something amazing happened to him, something that he had not been able to do. Now he is able to do that same day. Yes, and and on that same day, it was the Sabbath day. Uh, uh Uh-oh. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it's the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for you to be carrying your bed. Isn't that amazing? Jesus tells him something to do that the the Pharisees, the Jews, who didn't understand what the Sabbath day was all about, told him he shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Jesus tells him to do something, and the Jews come along and accuse him of doing it in violation of the law. It's the Sabbath day, and on the Sabbath day, you're not supposed to do anything like that. Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing how what Jesus says to this guy contradicts men's interpretation of the law? Yeah. (laughs) They don't understand what the Sabbath is all about and why it is given, and that confusion is still here today as well. That's part of the conflict that may happen on the inside of you and on the inside of me that God speaks to us and tells us to do. But, you know, it kind of contradicts what we have been taught. It contradicts our understanding of the law. It contradicts, but Jesus has come to set us free uh, from that law. He has come to rescue us from that. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And he answered him and said, The one that made me whole, he was the one that told me to take up my bed and walk. I'm just doing what this guy told me to do. And this guy doesn't even know who Christ is. This is an amazing thing about how God is working this man's life. He doesn't even know who Jesus is, but that doesn't stop God from being able to work this miracle on his behalf. It doesn't stop God from being able to meet this man's most deepest need. You know, that's an amazing thing that God can meet the deepest need of people and they don't even know who he is. They don't recognize who he is. That doesn't stop God from being God. Doesn't stop him from being love. Doesn't stop him from having compassion. Doesn't stop him from healing. Doesn't stop him from delivering. Doesn't stop him from setting people free at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. He said he was the one that told me to take up my bed and walk. I'm not doing this in and of myself. In fact, I was impotent. I didn't have the power and the strength to do this. I wish I could have done this. I would have done it a long time ago. Instead of laying around for the last 38 years, I was picking up my bed and walked a long time ago. But I'm just responding to what Jesus told me to do. In fact, he didn't even know what his name was. He just said, look, the one that told me (laughs) to pick up my bed, the one that healed me, the one that made me whole. I don't even know who he is. Mm-hmm. Verse 13, he's, and he that was healed did not know it was Jesus. <laughs> didn't know who he was. 
man, I like this about God. <laughs> Many people think that God <clears throat> only responds to your faith and only responds to what you do. And here is this man, here is Jesus having this interaction, this encounter with this guy, and he's not resting on this man doing anything except responding to him. Jesus tells him, take up your bed and walk, and, and he don't even know who he is. He doesn't know Jesus from anybody else. He doesn't know who he is. But there's something about the word of God. There's something about the speaking of God. There's something about Christ himself that just transcends all of that. Doesn't even rely on this man's faith because he didn't even know who he is. He's not having faith in Christ. He didn't even know it is Christ. But yet he's having this life-changing experience. He's having this, <laughs> this radical thing happening to him. That had never happened before. He he now was walking with his bed. Mm-hmm. Jesus had conveyed himself away. A multitude being in that place. He wasn't interested in fame. He wasn't interested in a whole lot of people understanding who he was at that point in time. He just wanted to do this special thing for this man. He just wanted to heal this guy. Yeah, he wasn't there to 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 draw a crowd in fact there was a multitude then he he slipped away he provided direct instant total healing of this guy and and vanished and slipped away moved on into the crowd didn't set up a stand and said anybody want a miracle just stand in line here no it wasn't like that at all then afterwards jesus finds him in the temple and said unto him, Jesus then comes back to him in a private way and says, Behold, thou art made whole. He said, Look, you've been made whole. And of course, the guy knew it. He said, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Yeah, he found out afterwards <laughs> who it was. Mm-hmm. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Isn't it amazing how, how people will cling on to the law more so than life itself? Here is this man who had a miraculous dealing with Christ. Here this man had been miraculously healed, made whole, and they were concerned about the law. They were concerned about the Sabbath. And, and now here they are. This is how crazy real sin will mess up somebody's thinking. It'll mess up your thinking. It'll mess up my thinking. <laughs> A friend of mine says sometimes we don't realize the depth of sin, just how radically deep and pervasive and widespread in sin has affected the human mind, the human race. We just don't really understand just how devastating it has been. And look at this. Here is, here is a group of people, the Jews, who had been anticipating, looking forward to a Messiah coming, had been taught down through generations that God was going to send a Messiah to redeem them out of bondage. And here is the Son of God. Here is God in the flesh doing all these signs that fulfills uh, prophecies about him. And they don't even see it. They, they are now about persecuting Jesus. And now they're seeking to kill him. And why? 
because he had done these things on the Sabbath day, because he had violated their precious law, because he had violated their interpretation of what the Sabbath day was all about, because he had done just the contrary. Yes, they were out now to kill him. And you know, that same spirit, that same demonic spirit is in this world today. There is a lot of animosity against Christ. There's a lot of animosity against his body. There's a lot of animosity against his teaching, against who he is and what he stands for. There's a tremendous desire to just water him down and make him to be no more than just a good Jew, a good man, a good prophet who lived and who died. Mm -hmm. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's not the real deal. That's not who he really is. But just look at how, how sin has just messed up religious thinking, religious tradition in such a way that even when Christ, even when Jesus is here in the flesh, even when God uh, is among us, yeah, among them, that they sought to persecute him. In fact, they did persecute him. They sought to slay him. They were now figuring out how, they, how can they kill him. He hasn't even begun his ministry at all, but they're out to kill him already. And they were going to do this because <laughs> because he did these things on the Sabbath day. They were more concerned about the law than they were about the actual healing themselves. But Jesus answered them. He responded to them by saying, look, my father worketh and here too, and I work. Mm-hmm. He's saying, look, <laughs> I'm only doing what the father wants me to do. Yeah, he is the one who is working. He's the one who is healing. He's the one who is telling this man, pick up his bed and walk. And again, here we see the ignorance again, the blindness, the darkness that's in the mindset of these people. And again, it's, it's prevalent again today. It's still around. This darkness, this blindness, this ignorance of not only knowing Jesus, but not even knowing who God is have no idea about who Jehovah really is, have no idea about who <laughs> Elohim is, no idea. And so when Jesus said, look, look, my father worketh here too, and I work, he says, therefore the Jews sought to kill him more. They were more incensed now because not only had he broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Here is the son of God, and he identifies that's who he is. And now they're just, <laughs> they have a passion now to kill him. It's just added fuel to the fire. Not only had he broken the Sabbath day, you can just how messed up they are in their mind. They, they, were, they first of all would kill someone over the law. Mm-hmm. They'd rather protect the law, keep the sanctity of the law, and kill somebody over the law. <laughs> yes, yes. And then when Jesus identifies who he really is, his relationship with his father, that just adds it even more. They're they really out to kill him more. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. They're absolutely blind to the reality of who God is. They're just so 
empty of any real understanding about how God is and what God is like. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And even in the countries that we live in, I, I, you know, we talk about law-abiding citizens and, and the rule of law and all that's good if you understand what law really is all about and what the ministers of the law are really there for. The law is always there to point out sin, to point out our need for rescue, our need for a savior, no matter what the law is. Mm-hmm. It's to lead us to Christ. Because now love fulfills all of the requirements of the law. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about anybody stealing from you if they love you because love won't allow that to happen. Yeah, you don't have to worry about anybody killing, murdering, because love won't let that happen. It just won't let that happen at all. But they were just so mixed up. They, they couldn't understand what God looked like. And Jesus answered them in verse 19 of chapter 5 and said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he see the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Jesus now begins a, a whole new discussion about the Father, about his relationship with the Father. <laughs> He begins this real eye-opening conversation about who God the Father is, who who your daddy is, who my father is. Mm -hmm. And this is where Jesus becomes just so important to you and to me because without him, there is no real understanding about who God really is. There's no understanding about what God is really like. There's really no understanding about him at all. And, and you, we can see the 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 contradiction that's there in front of us right now. Here are the religious people of his time, God's chosen people, and yet they don't understand the God that chose them. They don't understand the God that they are to be serving, the God that they are to be worshiping, the God that they're supposed to be obeying. All these laws and whatnot are supposed to be designed so that they might not transgress against the law of God. And here, they didn't even know who God is. They have absolutely no idea about the reality of who he is, his, the nature, the, what, what he's like. And here comes Jesus Christ, who is the very image of him, who comes out of the very heart, the very bosom of who God is, and they don't recognize him at all. There's this blindness that covers their eyes and whatnot. They can't see this. And so Jesus said, look, I, I want to let you know that, that I am the son of God, but I cannot do anything of myself. I'm the, I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. There's nothing in and of myself that prepares me to do any of this. I can do nothing of himself. I can do nothing of myself. I like that he knows how dependent he is upon the father that he can do absolutely nothing. I like the word nothing because nothing means nothing. There's not anything left that he can do in and of himself. It's not that he does part and he does part and the father does part. This helps us to understand there's nothing that you can do to earn God's <laughs> blessing upon you. There's nothing that you can do that can cause God to smile upon you. Listen, if Jesus says, look, I, the son of God, can do nothing of myself. 
then the only logical conclusion is there's nothing you can do of yourself. Nothing. But what he sees the father do, those things soever he does as well. These things do as the son likewise. And you and I being a child of God, being children of God, the same is true for us. You and I can do nothing in and of ourselves. That's why it's so important for you and I to have this relationship with the father, to know who he is and what he's like. Because only he can do through you and through me. And as you and I see the father, that's what's so important for you and I to be able to see the father so that you might see what he wants to do in you and through you. But if you don't see the father, you don't see what he's doing. And Jesus come along and said, look, whatsoever I see the father do, that's what I do also. I'm doing exactly what he's doing. In fact, he's the one who's actually doing it in and through me. So no matter what your assignment yes. is, worship. This is amazing. This, yes, it is. This is amazing. Yes, it is. Specific and deliberate grace Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Because he's amazing. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, that time went by fast. Mighty God, He's a bright King of all kings. 
away till that day when I see your face. Oh, I'm sure I'll say I can only imagine. 